your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 449 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, as I'm recording this, just wrapped up what can only be described as a very disappointing start to their season, a 5-1 to loss in our nation's capital against the hated Washington Capitals. And there's a lot to go over when it comes to this game, but I'm going to start with something, a discussion that kind of kicked up on Ranger Twitter even before the puck dropped tonight, and a decision made by Gerard Gallant that I can make absolutely zero sense out of. And I have, of course, talking about the decision to go with Alex Georgiev in net for the season opening tilt rather than Igor Shesterkin. It does not make any sense whatsoever to me. You gotta, and I I still like Gerard Gallant. I'm not gonna turn on him after just one game. Nothing that the Rangers did or did not do in this game tonight was gonna make me kind of waver on Gerard Gallant being the right coach for the job. I still think he's gonna do a fantastic job as coach of the New York Ranger team. However, I have to be fair here, and I have to criticize this decision. And this is not a case of hindsight being 2020, where, you know, Alex Georgiev was in net, and now I'm going to come on here and bash the decision simply because it didn't work out. This was a highly questionable decision from the moment that the announcement was made that the Rangers were going to be going with Georgiev over Igor Shesterkin. And the biggest reason for that, there's a lot of reasons, but to me, the biggest reason why this was such an egregious mistake on the part of Gerard Gallant and the coaching staff is because the Rangers are playing the Washington Capitals in this game. We all know everything that went down between these two teams last season, and it was even a crazy rivalry last year before all the stuff with Tom Wilson started, even before all the Tom Wilson shenanigans over that crazy two-game set that the Rangers and Capitals played against each other late last season. This was a very chippy, nasty, emotional, heated rivalry. Use whatever adjective you want to use. You guys know what I'm talking about. You watched the games last season. You saw everything that went down between the Rangers and the Capitals just like I did. And then on top of that, you had all the Tom Wilson stuff that went down in the final two games of last season. And so you come into this season and you got to believe this was not anything close to a coincidence that the NHL scheduled the Rangers and Capitals to play each other on opening night. And you got to believe all these players on the Rangers that went through all these wars with the Capitals last season had this date, had this game circled on their calendar. They were amped up and ready to go. And what do you do as a coaching staff? you know, Jared Gallant and all of his assistant coaches, you go with the backup goalie. I just, I cannot make any sense out of that whatsoever. The Rangers are chomping at the bit. They want a piece of this Washington Capitals team. You would think they would want a piece of Tom Wilson, more on that in a second. But above all else, the Rangers want to go in there, take it to a team that has really become their most heated rival since last season. And I got to believe, you know, these guys aren't robots. They know by now, I would think, most of the guys on the New York Rangers, that Igor Shesterkin is their best goalie, and you are suddenly greeted with the news that, oh, we're going to go with Alex Georgiev tonight. You can't tell me that that wouldn't take the wind out of your sails just a little bit. And I understand the players, it's not their place to 
make those decisions or to criticize those decisions. But everybody in their mind, I didn't even talk about it the other day because everybody, whether you're a player on this team or a fan of this team or somebody who covers this team, you had to figure that it was going to be Igor Shesterkin. Why would it not be? What, what good reason could there possibly be to not play your franchise goalie in a game that you so badly want to win? I mean, it's opening night to begin with. But then you also add the fact that it's against the Washington Capitals. I just cannot make any sense out of this whatsoever. And you might hear all this and say, well, you know, maybe it was a bit of a matchup thing. You know, maybe Alex Georgiev, it's kind of a similar situation as we see with Georgiev and the New York Islanders. Because as we've discussed on this podcast, something that is well documented is that Alex Georgiev is something of an Islander killer. And so the Rangers do tend to put him out there on the ice, uh, you know, fairly often when the, whenever they play the Islanders. But... For this game tonight, no, the, the matchup, that makes it even worse because let me give you the career stats of both Igor Shesterkin and Alex Georgiev against the Washington Capitals. We'll start with Igor. Igor in his career against the Caps, 4, 3, and 1. He's got a goals against average of 253 and a save percentage of 924. That's pretty darn good considering that he's a very young goalie and the Capitals always have a ton of firepower. So, those are Igor's numbers. Now take a listen to Alex Georgiev's career numbers against the Washington Capitals. He is 1, 4, and 1, a goals against average of 366, and a save percentage of 880. And after tonight, all those numbers are significantly worse. So I cannot imagine what the Rangers were thinking here. And I saw a couple of people on Twitter kind of mentioning like, oh, well, you know, the Rangers should just go with Igor Shesterkin in both of these first two games, even though it's a back-to-back. Uh, there's a case to be made for that. I personally would not have done that. I think I would have definitely given Alex Georgiev tomorrow night's game, or rather tonight's game, against the Dallas Stars, simply because I'm a big fan of, you know, whatever sport it is, getting all your guys involved early in the season, getting everybody involved in the action, make them feel like they're part of the team, get the season rolling in a good way that way. And of course, Igor Shesterkin, he's not going to play all 82 games. So I would have been completely fine with Igor starting tonight against the hated Capitals, and then you throw Alex Georgiev out there, against the Dallas Stars, a team with which the Rangers have next to no history and next to no issues. I mean, I can't think of a I can't think of anything that has ever happened significant in a Rangers versus Dallas Stars game. So I think the the only way to go would have been to start Igor Shesterkin in this game against the Capitals, roll with Alex Georgiev against the Dallas Stars. They didn't do that and they paid the price for it. Now it must also be said that the Rangers in general just did not have a very good night. I thought they got off to a pretty solid start. They were pretty good for the first half of this game overall. And then the Capitals scored two goals in 24 seconds. And a one nothing Capital lead becomes a 3 nothing Capital lead. And at that point, you know, it was off to the races for the Caps. Um, so, yes, that is kind of the silver lining here is that even if Igor Shesterkin was in net for the Rangers, maybe the Caps don't score five. But he probably doesn't do enough to keep the Rangers from losing this game because the Rangers only scored one goal. And we will continue talking about this game in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, 
where the game starts. So somewhat ironically, I think one of the biggest talking points to come out of this game is actually going to be about something that did not happen in this game. And that, of course, is the Rangers really not doing much of anything to Tom Wilson. There was a lot of speculation, understandably so, that, you know, Ryan Reeves might drop the gloves of Tom Wilson. The Rangers might go after him at one time or another. I barely even noticed Tom Wilson in this game. I don't think I've ever seen a Ranger Capital game where Tom Wilson was this much of a ghost. The only time I can remember hearing his name called was, I mean, he took a penalty against, I believe it was Sammy Blay, tripped him up near the boards, and then he got out of the penalty box and had a partial breakaway opportunity and drew a penalty against the Rangers. And that was basically it. I didn't notice Tom Wilson one other time in this game. And it's somewhat disappointing. I mean, I acknowledge this, you know, kind of coming into this game and talking about it on Twitter a little bit as well, that, you know, the Rangers, they might not feel like that's the priority in this game. And I don't think that they should feel like retribution against Tom Wilson is the number one be-all, end-all goal that they should have in this game. The biggest thing was going in there and doing everything they could to try to get two points. But with all that said, I mean, you would have thought that like somebody would have at least checked him into the boards or somebody would have hit him maybe a little bit late after one of the whistles or there would have been a shoving match after a whistle, you know, something. But I cannot remember, for all the chippiness in this game and for all the post-whistle scraps and for all the penalties that were called against both teams, Tom Wilson flew under the radar. Again, you barely even noticed that he was out there. So that's somewhat disappointing as well. I understand the Rangers don't want to put themselves in a bad situation by, you know, just attacking Tom Wilson and taking penalties. But then again, they took nine penalties in this game anyway. So what difference would it have made? At a certain point, you're down by so many goals. The Rangers were down 4-1. They were down, or excuse me, they were down 4 nothing. They were also down 5-1. to I mean, you're not going to do anything. I mean, just take uh, a shot at him a little bit. I'm not saying you have to go in and, like, try to take him out at the knees or try to give him a concussion, but... I mean, nobody's going to put a hit on him. Nothing, nothing at all. It's somewhat disappointing there as well. And, you know, it's just the kind of game that for all these reasons I'm mentioning, first of all, the highly questionable decision to go with Alex Georgiev over Igor Shesterkin, and then the Rangers' complete lack of doing anything against Tom Wilson. It's just one of those games that leaves you so empty when it's over. And again, I'm not going to hit the panic button. It's one game into the season, but... Yeah, I mean, so many of us were looking so forward to this game, and it just leaves you feeling empty when pretty much nothing goes your way. There's a complete lack of scoring opportunities, and so many of the things that have plagued the Rangers in recent seasons and things that you start to hope that they're going to get away from and maybe even expect that they're going to get away from, they all kind of rear their ugly heads. Just a second ago, I mentioned how much time the Rangers spent in the penalty box in this game, and I was prepared to give them somewhat of a break in this game here tonight because you figure everything that happened last year— it's Rangers Capitals. You know emotions are going to run high. You know this is going to be a hard-hitting game, and it was. And you figure the refs are probably going to call everything kind of tight. You know, they don't want to lose control of this game. They don't want another, you know, riot on their hands like they basically had uh, with that Rangers Capitals game when there were six or seven fights or however many that there were. So you can understand the Rangers taking a certain amount of penalties, but my God, nine penalties. I mean, that's just, it's too many. I, I don't care who you're playing, what the environment is, what the game script is. Nine penalties is just too much. You're not really going to live to tell about it. And that goes doubly true when you surrender three power play goals and a shorthanded goal as well. I mean, the shorthanded goal, we're not even going to count that one really because the Capitals were only shorthanded for eight seconds and Ovechkin just happened to be going in alone when that occurred. But yeah, I mean, you give up three power play goals and... You just spend too much time in the penalty box in general. 
And something else that, once again, was an issue for the Rangers, it's basically where this game turned. Like I said, it went from one nothing to 3 to nothing in the blink of an eye in the second period there. Uh, Justin Schultz scores a goal on the power play. A very preventable goal by the Rangers. You know, they had Wayne Gretzky uh, talking during this game for a chunk of the game here, and he actually ended up talking over uh, both of these Washington Capitals goals. But he mentioned that the Rangers, you know, they were shorthanded. They didn't defend this very well because, you know, none of them were near the center of the ice, and they gave Justin Schultz an open shot at the net. But by that same token, I mean, the way I look at that, and I'm not one to doubt the great one, the greatest player to ever play hockey, but I still think Alex Georgiev's got to come up with this save for that very reason, he got a very, very clean look at this shot, and Schultz was taking this this shot from just inside the blue line there. So it's not like he was in prime real estate and this was completely indefensible. He just straight up beat Alex Georgiev. He let it rip from the from the blue line, and puck goes in the net. And then the Rangers have a really bad ensuing shift. There was actually a play. The Rangers had the puck in the capital zone, and Panarin tried to prevent it from coming out. And it got by him. It results in a two-on-one for the Capitals. And Jared Tenorti, who did not have a good game at all, uh, he looked really, really shaky on this. I mean, I understand it's a two-on-one. There's only so much that you can do. But the Capitals went around him like he was standing still. And Hendricks LaPierre scores his first NHL goal, makes it 3 to nothing, And just like that, the entire complexion of this game has done a complete 180. Because up to that point, I felt like the Rangers were, for the most part, going toe-to-toe with the Caps. Maybe the Caps slightly had the better of play to that point. But the Rangers were at least making enough plays to keep themselves in the game. I thought there was a huge play at the end of the first period. The Capitals were on the power play, and they worked the puck to Alex Ovechkin in the slot. And, I mean, we're talking like maybe 20 seconds or so to go in the first period here. And Kevin Rooney made a great play to get his stick on the puck here. The puck bounced up into Rooney's chest, and they were able to get it out of harm's way. So a fantastic play by Kevin Rooney there. There was also an instance in the second period when it was still one to nothing where the Capitals were going in on the rush and Jacob Truba went down to his stomach, you know, into a sliding position and extended his stick and deflected a passing attempt by the Capitals. And had they connected on this pass, I think they definitely would have scored, especially given the fact that this was not exactly a banner night for Alex Georgiev. But Truba deflected the pass and the Capitals end up getting a shot away anyway. And this actually was, to be fair, uh, one of Alex Georgia's better saves of the evening. He extended his left pad and uh, steered it aside. But the Rangers were, were doing just enough to hang in this game to kind of bend but not break. You know, the Capitals maybe had them back on their heels a little bit, but the Rangers were creating a couple of scoring chances. You still thought that they had a chance to come back and get into this game. And like I said, that all changes in the blink of an eye because the Rangers, once again, they give up a goal, a soft goal by Alex Georgiev, but then they have just a bad shift on the ensuing shift after a goal. We have been over this and over this and over this on this podcast. This cannot continue to happen. If you want to be a big-time team in this league, if you want to be an elite team, then you cannot have a letdown on the shift that follows a goal. That's as important a shift as there is in the game. And I don't know the magical solution to this. If you can just wave a wand and, and tell the Rangers to you know fix this, I think that, like I was talking about in the offseason, something that you can do is try to figure out a go-to line and a go-to defense pairing for the shift that immediately follows a goal because this cannot continue to happen. The Rangers or any team in hockey, if this is something that continues to plague you and you continue to give up a goal on the shift that immediately follows a goal, you are going absolutely nowhere in this league. And it's something that the Rangers have to fix. I don't know if it's just a case where the coaching staff needs to pound it into their head. I don't know if the team needs to address it themselves, you know, the players on the team. And one of the 
25 alternate captains on this team, one of them can kind of step up and say, listen, we got to be sharp after a goal is scored, whether it's us scoring or whether it's our opponent scoring. We have to come back big time on that next shift. Something needs to change there, though. And I realize, look, again, it's just one game. I don't want to sound the alarms and hit the panic button, but that is something that we've noticed over these past couple of seasons. And believe this as well. If you and me have noticed this trend, and I can only imagine that some of you have picked up on this as well, that the Rangers are not exactly razor sharp on the shift that follows a goal, then believe me when I tell you, other teams around the NHL have noticed this as well. And when they score a goal, they're kind of sharks that smell blood, so to speak. And they know that this has not exactly been a strength of the New York Rangers. We got them back on their heels. They're a young team. They're a little bit dejected after giving up a goal. And let's take it right to them and go get another one. And that's what we saw in this game here tonight. That is something that absolutely positively must change going forward. And we will continue talking about this game as well as looking ahead to Thursday night's game against the Dallas Stars. That will be the home opener for the New York Rangers. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of bakes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com just want to thank you guys once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And something that I just want to mention before we kind of keep rolling here and hit on some other talking points to come out of this 5-1 uh, to one loss to the Capitals here, you guys have probably picked up on the fact that I'm not really doing a whole lot of play-by-play in today's episode. And the biggest reason for that is because this was opening night, and I get the feeling that the vast majority of people listening to this Definitely made it a point to tune in and watch this game. Uh, but you guys let me know. It's it's always a delicate balance, you know, doing play-by-play versus analysis. So if somebody wants more of one or the other, you just reach out and let me know, and uh, we'll, we'll just kind of take it from there. A um, couple other things I wanted to hit on here, though, before we call it a day. I thought the Rangers were a little bit sloppy in this game, clearing their own zone. And there's a couple of different examples that I wrote down here. I mean, it happened more than just three times, but there were three different examples that I came up with that I kind of wrote into my notes as this game was progressing here. Uh, Ryan Reeves had the puck, and he basically just gave it away along the boards. And, you know, the Capitals, they didn't end up scoring out of this, but they got at least one more uh, decent chance out of this. Then there was an outlet pass to Capo Caco, and this happened in the second period. And Caco had the puck basically just deflect off of his skate because Kako wasn't looking for the pass. I, I don't know what happened, if there was some miscommunication there, if Kako just didn't think the pass was coming his way, but the puck basically bounced off of his skate and stayed in the Rangers zone, and the Capitals were able to corral it. Again, no goals came out of this, but just a little bit sloppy and things that you just don't want to see and things that the Rangers have to clean up going forward. And then there was a play... Very early in the third period, Adam Fox, of all people, I, I really don't know what happened here. And again, it didn't lead directly to any goal by the Washington Capitals, but Fox is skating the puck out of his own zone, and he just loses the puck. I 
I don't know what happened on this. Um, and again, it, it didn't bite the Rangers. One of Fox's teammates, in fact, was able to get to the puck and, and move it out of the zone himself. But I don't think Fox was passing here. I don't think it was a drop pass or anything like that. Fox had his head up and was, uh, you know, looking up the ice and probably looking to make a pass. And the puck just came off of his stick and was left behind. And somebody else on the Rangers had to pick it up. So a little bit sloppy there. Nothing too alarming just yet, but maybe something to keep your eye on going forward. Once again, the Rangers just a little bit sloppy uh, getting the puck out of their own zone. And... Jared Tenorti really had a rough night. You know, we mentioned the two-on-one, but overall, I just don't think that he looked all that great in this game. And I got to believe that Nils Lundqvist is going to be out there for the next one. I think in tonight's game against the Capitals, given the fact that you were expecting some fireworks and some chippiness and some nastiness, look, if you're going to have Jared Tenorti on your roster, then I think it only makes sense for you to use him in a game such as this. But it just didn't really go all that well for him. And I think for sure you're going to see Niels Lundqvist make his NHL debut against the Dallas Stars. And I would think that probably Lundqvist would be out there quite a bit more than Tenorti going forward. Once again, if you're playing the Capitals or one of these other teams where you're expecting some trouble, then maybe there's an argument to be made to have Tenorti out there. But I got to believe if Niels Lundqvist is on this Ranger roster, he's not there to watch a bunch of games from the press box. So I would be absolutely stunned if he is not out there for the home opener against the Dallas Stars. And I would also think that Julian Gauthier is probably going to go into the game. The Rangers obviously struggled to create some scoring opportunities in this game. They only get one goal. And so I get the feeling that just the way Niels Lundqvist will, will replace the bigger, tougher, more physical Jared Tenorti, I think you're going to see Julian Gauthier replace the bigger, tougher, more physical Dryden Hunt. I would imagine it's probably going to be Hunt that comes out of the lineup. Gauthier probably plays on the third line and then maybe you drop Sammy Blay down to the fourth line. I mean, Blay had a weird night because overall I thought he did pretty well. He also took three penalties, although two of them were for a matching double minor when Trevor Van Riemsdyk basically came after him after a whistle. So it's not like they all absolutely killed the Rangers. And in fact, in this instance here, he took a matching double minor once again with Trevor Van Riemsdyk. So it didn't even result in a power play for the Capitals. But I do think Blay will move down to the fourth line because playing Julian Gauthier on the fourth line, as we've mentioned on this podcast before, is completely pointless, both for Gauthier and for the Rangers themselves. So we'll see how they line up tomorrow, but I would expect both of these, or tonight rather, because this is going to be Thursday's episode. But we'll see how the Rangers look to play it. Once again, I think you sacrifice a little bit of size and toughness in this game against the Stars, a team with which the Rangers have no issues, and you sacrifice it in favor of getting some more scoring potential into the lineup. I do believe the Rangers will make both of those moves. And I also got to mention that it was a really quiet night in this game for the Rangers' top line of Mika Zibanejad centering Alexi Lafreniere and Chris Kreider. I realize Kreider scored the lone goal for the Rangers on the power play and helped them avoid the shutout. But Mika, Kreider, and Lafreniere in this game, I mean, to begin with, you can just go by the eye test. There were just not a lot of scoring opportunities being produced by that trio. And on top of that, if you want to go to the stats, those three players combined for just four shots on net. You had the goal by Kreider. That was his only shot of the night, at least the only one that went on net. And Alexi Lafreniere had the other three. You got to believe there's better days ahead for this top line of the New York Rangers. And you got to hope that it starts with tonight's game against the Dallas Stars. They're going to need that trio to be a little bit more assertive, make some things happen, create some scoring opportunities, and uh, we'll look for them to hopefully pick up their game as soon as, once again, tonight's game against the Dallas Stars. And it must also be said, you know, I mentioned how this top line didn't really produce, and, I mean, they didn't, but 
you could also kind of throw Artemi Panarin in there as well. Now, Panarin made some excellent passes early in this game, set up Capo Caco for a couple of opportunities. It's not like he was a complete ghost out there, but Artemi Panarin did not put a single shot on net the entire night, and I realize he's a little bit more of a pass-first guy, but there was a power play where the Rangers were down 3 to nothing, where Artemi Panarin and Adam Fox both had chances to shoot. I mean, we just watched a defenseman on the Capitals take a shot from the blue line and beat Georgiev straight up on it. Sometimes you just got to put the puck on net. And I don't want to be that guy that just comes on here and screams, shoot, 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 because that gets old. And I think these guys have a better idea of when they need to shoot the puck than I do. But when you're down 3 nothing and you're struggling to create opportunities and you get something that looks like a pretty good shooting lane, if you're Artemi Panarin or Adam Fox, I think you have to let it go in that situation. I mean... At a certain point, Panarin's just got to be itching to get his first shot of the season on the net, and he would have been able to do that here. I don't know if he would have scored or not, but it would have been nice to find out. So I do think, you know, there were times where the Rangers passed up shots looking for that perfect play. Uh, the Rangers' second line, I don't think they struggled quite as badly as the first line did. There was a play that didn't really get a lot of attention where the Rangers came pretty close to scoring. Uh, the puck went in back behind the Capitals' net, and Strom and Kako both go in there hard on the forecheck, and... Kako starts to win the board battle, and Strom reads the play. So Strom kind of peels off, goes back in front of the net, and Kako tries to get him the puck, and they just miss linking up. Uh, Kako just missed on the pass for Ryan Strom, and Strom might have been able to tip it in from the doorstep there. Uh, it was not meant to be, but hopefully, you know, as soon as tonight's game against the Stars or within the early goings of this season, they'll clean that up, and they'll be able to convert an opportunity like that into a goal because uh, they really seemed to kind of read the play very well together, and there was good chemistry shown up by the two of them in that instance there. And one other play that I wanted to mention here, and this by no means decided the outcome of tonight's game. The outcome of this game had pretty much long since been decided, but I think it's a play that pretty much just summed up the New York Ranger night, and it's something that I tweeted about during the game. I think I said something like, eh, it's just one of those nights. But the Rangers draw a penalty, and they maintain possession of the puck for a while. There's a delayed penalty against the Washington Capitals. The Rangers are going to go up on the man advantage. They, once again, you know, they work the puck around a little bit. No great scoring opportunities to speak of, but it was nice just to see them kind of keep the puck away from the Caps, have them back on their heels a little bit, and you're hoping that that kind of carries over then into the subsequent power play that is forthcoming. Unfortunately, that power play never actually happened because Ryan Lindgren was called for holding. He got a holding penalty while the Capitals had a delayed penalty coming up against them. There is literally no reason to hold anybody in that situation. Now, this was something of a questionable call, and once again, it by no means determined the outcome of this game, but it's just one of those plays that you look at it and you just kind of shake your head, and you just you almost have to laugh a little bit and just kind of shrug it off and just say, you know what, it's just one of those nights. This is not a good night for the New York Rangers. For basically all the reasons that we just talked about over the past, I don't know, 27 minutes or so here, uh, just a couple of other closing notes the Rangers have announced that Henrik Lundqvist is going to be joining MSG as a full-time in-studio analyst, beginning with Thursday's home opener against the Dallas Stars. Uh, the Rangers, once again, they do play the Stars tonight. Thursday night, the puck drops at 7 p.m. for that game. And something else that I picked up on during this game is that we have a little bit more clarity on the Rangers' alternate captain situation Panarin, Kreider, and Goudreau were wearing the A's for this opener, this road game against the Capitals, 
So by process of elimination, that would certainly seem to suggest that Mika Zibanejad, Jacob Truba, and Ryan Strom will all wear the A's at home. I don't know if you can kind of mix and match and, you know, make Kreider one of the alternate captains for a home game and make Truba one of the alternate captains for an away game. I, I don't exactly know how that works. I suppose we'll find out as the season progresses here. Uh, but for anyone curious about who would be the alternate captains at home and who would be the alternate captains on the road. It seems like we now have some clarity on that situation. And Igor Shesterkin has also been confirmed as the starting goalie for this tilt against the Dallas Stars. Gerard Gallant said as much in his presser. And this is what Gallant had to say when he was asked about his decision to start with Alex Yuryev rather than Igor Shesterkin. He was asked if he wanted to explain his goalie choice. And Gallant said, no, not really. Obviously, we've got back-to-back -back games, and I think Georgie played real well. I don't think there's any issue with the goals with Georgie. And listen, Gallant, like a lot of coaches, does not want to throw one of his players under the bus. He doesn't want to go out there and say, yeah, Georgie wasn't any good tonight or anything along those lines. But Georgiev did not play real well in this game. And I think just about anybody who watched this game would probably agree with that. He gives up the five goals, and... Could he have gotten more help from his teammates? Of course he could have. But, you know, the really good goalies, they're going to come up with at least a couple of those saves, and Yuriev just not able to do that. I think better days are definitely ahead for Alex Yuriev as well. Again, I don't want to come out of here and kill him either because it is just one game for Yuriev, but I will never understand the decision to go with him over Igor Shesterkin for, once again, opening night rivalry game against the Washington Capitals in a game that you know the Rangers badly want to win. But I've already said my piece on that. We'll turn the page. We'll look forward to tonight's game. We got the A goalie in the crease between the pipes, ready to hopefully take down the Dallas Stars and get the Rangers their first two points of the season. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Tomorrow's episode, we will break down the result of the Rangers versus the Stars and what will be the home opener for the New York Rangers. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available on all platforms.